In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now, and we might have a hijack over here too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Indoc-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made, and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. And we're live. Oh, shit. <laughs> Three, two, one. And we're live. We're live. The arsonist has odd-shaped feet. Oh, wait. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're back. Another week. Another, what did, what did it, September now? Almost it's been October. A minute. Yeah, almost almost October. October. We're all over 40. Another day, another, another day. vendetta. Yep, we're back. Oh, shit. You're listening to the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program, Co-Indoc Pro, episode 28, coming at you. It's a day to be remembered. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one of those slide whistles for every time you say the episode number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were those called? Slide whistle. I thought it was a theremin. Well, the theremin is like the... Musical instrument that does yeah, that. Yeah, the thing that sounds really weird. Yeah. Is that the electric thing? With yeah. The wand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Converge used that in uh, the Jane Doe recording on some of the tracks. I think Phoenix and Flames or Phoenix and Flight, one of the two. I think is Phoenix and Flames. Did you guys ever get into that album, Jane Doe? Not really. I remember the first time I heard it, it was Bagley from uh, The Knife Switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When him and I used to work together, he let me borrow a copy of it and I was I was really into Dillinger Escape Plan and I put it in my car driving home listened to it and was like what is this trash <laughs> this stuff is garbage I think I listened to maybe like one or two songs off the record and gave it back to him and was like yeah dude that was cool sick dog <laughs> yeah looking up to the left <laughs> and then it was maybe like about a year later when I was getting my first uh, tattoos done. It was uh, Travis was playing their mm. that the record that was follow up to that, the um, "You Fail Me," and I really liked "You Fail Me." Like just the sound of it was like sounded like an apocalypse, like the end of the world, Mad Max or something. And then went back and listened to Jane Doe and was like, okay, I could listen to that again. And then listened to it a couple more times. It was like, dude, this record's awesome. And now going back and listen to it you're like dude that came out in 1999 it's crazy shit yeah and it was just like i mean so much before like all that math core stuff started mm-hmm. coming out it was just like way way ahead of its time yeah there was a bunch of shit that like uh into the moat mm-hmm. that was the one i liked the most out of all those like tech 
techie yeah, the math bands. math core stuff. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they're good. I, I've got, I think, one of their first or second. Yeah. Albums. Maybe I think you gave it to me actually. Yeah. Did we play with those guys at Bogies? Mm-hmm. And then three were... inches of blood was at the knitting factory. Yeah. That was the one where. It was Big Easy. Yeah, Big, Big Easy, and that was the one where something must die needed a place to stay. Oh. And they announced it on stage. Remember? I don't remember that. Yeah. <clears throat> Those three inches of blood guys were cool though. They were. Yeah. They're really cool dudes. I don't remember where I was going with the Jane Doe thing. Theremin. Ooh. Oh, I was going to mention Phoenix and Flames. The song like. I don't know how Bannon did that with his vo- vocals, but it's like, dude, he's just got some crazy scream during that that song. He just doesn't even sound normal. Get him on here. Ask him. Yeah. Can't even imagine what it sounds like to actually talk to that dude he's been screaming so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been screaming since like the early 90s. It's probably like... <laughs> he just That's his normal talking voice. Yeah. That's what you hear. Anyway. Yeah, that dude, it always... Sounded like his throat was full of sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, just Definitely. so yeah. fucking. I mean, just the high pitch that he got on Phoenix and Flames was insane. I'll have to show it to you guys after we'll just listen to it. It's only like a, a minute and a half long. It's like typical grindcore style song, really short. But, dude, his vocals are just like, what the hell? Kind of like Bon Jovi. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Living on a pen. That's exactly the song I was thinking about when they, when they get later in the song and he really gets up there yeah it's impressive i just did it you it was spot on <clears throat> <laughs> looking up to that. that band that uh bannon did with um sean from Hatebreed. i can never remember their name but it's fucking awesome too uh the the one super no uh um worm no Something it's like Latin or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Dudes dudes are tough, man. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I can never and I even have it. Yeah. <laughs> but it it's it's really good shit. It's yeah, like that, in that in something. Um into something Vitu or something. Yeah. Uh in, in Vita, oh, yeah. It, yeah. It is. Anyway, go out there and buy it, people. It's a good record. Because yeah. it's so good, we remembered the name of the album. So, for today's episode, episode 28, we've got a special guest. Um, some really cool dudes. A couple guys off the East Coast that have been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. Um, I don't know exactly how many years it's been, but they got a lot of episodes, a lot of really good content. They get in to the weeds on very specific topics. I know that they've changed my perspective on a lot of things. Um, you know, their, their mantra is to, you know, expose you to the occult, give you the eyes and ears to be able to interpret the occult things that are going on out there. Um, you got some stuff on them? Yeah, so uh, today's guests, we've got Lux. And New York Patriot from the Occult Rejects. Um, they've got their own shows, the NY Patriot Show, Lux Rising, and some other shows. Uh, NY does a show called Spiritual Gangsters. All those are on all the podcast platforms, YouTube. I think they have stuff on 
um, like BitChute and all that kind of stuff. Um, and since we always go high and right with our shows, uh, with music, um, I thought the intro would be a good time to kind of get that shit out of the way. Yeah, for sure. So, um, NY, he's coming to us from one of the birthplaces of hardcore, which is some shit that we've all been way into for a long ass time. Mm -hmm. So they, with bands like Crow Mags, Agnostic Front, Gorilla Biscuits, Straight Ahead, Leeway, Terror, who paved the way. Um, did I say sheer terror? No. You said terror. terror. Sheer terror. Earth crisis. Who, well, I got those guys coming up in a second. Oh, shit. He's <laughs> not going to have this band list here. And they, they paved the way for the bands that influenced us, like um, Madball, Sworn Enemy, Sick of It All, uh, Full Blown Chaos. Over in Buffalo, there was Scott Vogel doing Slugfest and Buried Alive. And then in Syracuse. My the bad. Straight Edge Legends, Earth <laughs> Crisis. Um, and then over in Long Island, there's a, kind of a newer band. They've been out for quite a while, but uh, Incendiary. Yeah, their uh, Cost of Living album reminds me a lot of uh, Firestorm era mm. Earth Crisis. And then Lux comes to us from somewhere. VPN from uh, <laughs> Spain or something, probably. Yeah. So... Uh, don't know really too much about where he's at, just East Coast, and he's pretty much the uh, hermit tarot card, since we don't know much, nothing about him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's talking shit. Yeah. Yep. Them's fighting words, dog. Yeah. Cool. And so we're going to welcome our guests, the Occult Rejects, NY, and Lux. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Occult Rejects with your hosts, Lux. In the NY Patriot. We actually have a swap cast today with the Quindoc Pro podcast, a really awesome podcast that covers some subjects that are really intriguing. They've, they've covered everything from NASA, Snake River Killer, Zodiac, MK Ultra CERN. They've, they've covered a lot of stuff. And uh, very, very thankful to have them on so we can kind of do this swap cast and talk about a really crazy subject tonight. So uh, thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, dude, we appreciate it. And uh, we're not that good, so yeah. <laughs> we're just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, man, is like if you listen to your content, right? First of all, your your intro is awesome, but you're <laughs> funny dudes. You're funny dudes. You don't take yourself too seriously, man. And in these types of subjects, sometimes people can take themselves way too seriously. You're very similar to us. We're just dudes trying to figure all this stuff out. And, uh, yeah, good content. Very good content, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Coming from you guys. Oh, yeah. No, I, like, I appreciate, uh, I mean, I, there's another show I'm not trying to, I'm not going to plug them, but, I mean, there's another show that I have online all the time lately, and it's three other dudes that it's, like, you know, they, they bring good info, but, like, you got to, like, they also, they're funny. They, you can't always be so serious. And I think, for me, it's just easier for me to listen to shows like that sometimes where, it's like maybe the show's an hour and a half. You got an hour of knowledge and a half hour dick and fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. You that's, know what I'm saying? It makes, it makes it a little bit easier to do. Yep, that's <laughs> Cohen Doc Pro, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I appreciate shows like that, actually. I, I, you know, I enjoy that myself. Well, cool. So you guys actually have three three guys who are all making content together, right? You have uh, 
I'm guessing it's Travis, Luke, and Jake. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, Jake, Jake, and Luke. I I just oh. did a uh, Travis Bickle as my uh, just a, a name on my email account. So, but uh, yeah, just the three of us, man. Very cool. So, what kind of got you guys started with the with the podcast? I know you have a ton of content, and I think you guys just started in March, right? Yeah, I think February we started recording. Yeah, and then. Um, we wanted to get like five or six episodes before we started posting them so that, you know, people wouldn't listen to an episode and then have to wait for an, an, another one to come out. So that, uh, yeah. and we've, we've been doing them roughly uh, weekly. I mean, there's been a week here and there that we haven't recorded for like vacations or work or something like that, but typically a, a weekly show. Yeah, we just kind of, I mean, we've been friends for a couple decades now. We used to play in a band together, tried to do stuff in high school, play band stuff in high school. And um, so this is just kind of natural to us, just sitting around and bullshitting. And then on my end, I had friends that were like, you know, you're crazy, man. You go tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. You should talk, you know, talk about podcast stuff. And I was like, all right well you guys want to try this so um we just kind of threw it at the wall and you know we wanted to just kind of cover anything that was bizarre you know so that's why our stuff just kind of goes conspiracy but then also you know to stuff that's maybe an unsolved murder or you know whatever we'll talk about anything and sometimes we just end up talking about bands and metal and (laughs) you know boners jokes yeah Yeah. Or eating the old trapper beef jerky. Beef sticks. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're <laughs> doing that right now. We're eating beef sticks right now. We are eating no man's land beef jerky right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have sustenance, boys. That's true, man. That's great. That's a, something to be really thankful for. I, if you have three guys who stick together all the way through, you know, those decades that you've known each other, I mean, it's. That's a valuable friendship, guys. Yeah. I, I've lost so many friends during this time of like, the um, covering or even researching the occult because, like you said, people think you're immediately crazy. That's good shit. Yeah. Very good shit that you guys stick together and cover these subjects together. Yeah, well, we're all losers, and so we just naturally <laughs> kind of, you know, stick together. Losers stick together like that. All of our all of our yeah. friends are in this room. Yeah. Right yeah. So. Well, we have a Bruce Lee cut out as well, so he's yeah. he's here as well. He's good. <laughs> yeah, and a Kiss pinball machine. Yep, we got a Kiss pinball machine in here. The original one, by the way. So you and when we. When we first started talking, you you had reached out to us, and we started this uh, conversation about this crazy-ass band that you were telling me about. And I immediately went and looked it up, and it blew my mind. I could not believe how crazy this this band was. They've been around forever. Uh, From what I can gather, they've at least uploaded a a new song six months ago. It could have been maybe something that they reposted. I don't know. Um, But you caught... our attention with the dissension or or, um, dissection, right? Yeah. So this is a Norwegian band. Mm -hmm. And you were telling me a bunch about this in our email. So for the listeners, could you kind of give like a quick, um, maybe just overview real quick of what that band is? 
Yeah. So uh, they're a Swedish uh, black metal band. Started out in, uh, just kind of going off the top of my head, like the late 80s, I believe. Yeah. And uh, their singer, John Nodvit, I, I think that's how you say his name, um, him and another guy ended up going to prison for murder um, back in the, I think, early part of 2000. And <clears throat> this other dude that uh, murdered the guy, he had started uh, an occult order called the Misanthropic Luciferian Order. And while him and John were in prison, uh, John wrote this insane album. Like it's, I've said it before, like completely flawless. Yeah. And he gets out of prison, they release it, and just like all this crazy shit in their lyrics that are from their occult order, they put into this album. And... I, I always knew that, you know, it's like, oh, this is a crazy album. Like, they've got some pretty dark shit in here. Like all the other death metal and black metal albums, kind of similar shit. But um, these guys were telling you in the album, hey, this is, we are the misanthropic Luciferian order. This is like black magic shit. And that's what you're getting when you get this album. <clears throat> and so... They played for a couple of years, and then John ended up committing suicide in a ritual circle with their um, their grimoire with him. And my brother and I had listened to this album for probably close to 15 years. And then when I was listening to you guys, when William Ramsey was on, he was and talking about the uh, Order of Nine Angles, there was like all of this uh, terminology that's in this album that he was talking about with the ONA. And I was like, holy shit, I wonder if this is connected. And so that, that was kind of where our uh, second show like spawned was just from looking into that stuff. What's the name of that band again too, if you don't mind dissection. And the, the album is uh, rain chaos something to do with return to chaos is the re in chaos yeah. or something like yeah, that yeah and that's the cover the liber azarade right liber azarade right and that's that um star symbol on there is the album cover for rain chaos oh is it yeah it's just all black and white though you can see here you know of course the names that are associated with satan moloch Yells above, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, immediately after looking at this, I was like, these guys are in some dark occult stuff and really reminded me of the Order of Nine Angles, which ties into a lot of this stuff. These sort of groups that are amorphously linked together. So. Yeah. And when I listened to uh, your guys' interview with uh, Ramsey, and I was looking through it. I didn't see anything that was like a direct, you know, smoking gun that, hey, these guys are Order of Nine Angles or anything like that. So um, when we talked to uh, Ramsey on our show, he was saying that, yeah, this looks like it could be something that is associated with Order of Nine Angles. 
And even Wikipedia yeah. links yeah. them together, too. Oh. Does it? Yeah, I'll see if I can find it here. Um, so this just more or less goes over the idea of what MLO believes. And again, this is all Wikipedia. And so this criminal activity, what it describes is what you just were, were talking about. And um, let me see if I can find where it links them to the order of nine angles. I might not have taken a screen cap of it, but yeah, if you go to that, to the Wikipedia page mm -hmm. for Libra Zarte, it takes you to order of nine angles, MLO, oh. and also the temple of black light altogether. They yeah. list it sort of interchangeably. Yeah. And, uh, MLO, they, they ended up changing over to the temple of black light. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and it was like, I think the police said that after the death, uh, that that there were only a handful of members in this cult, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There was, uh, I can't remember what there was before they went to prison, but uh, when they went to prison, there was three people in the MLO. And that was the two dudes in prison and John's girlfriend, who was not in prison. I was like, wow, that's a pretty small order. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Taking over, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes uh, all the way back. It's what to like 1995 when um, the MLO was started. Yeah, it was founded in Sweden and Norway, I think. It could be. So yeah, yeah, it was like all around that same time. But yeah, so I had reached out to you to because I was like, dude, th there's like a lot of like you know, crazy stuff in this album. And from my point of view, you guys are, you know, some, some of the subject matter experts when it comes to occult orders, you know, with your background. So I was like, man, that would be cool to see what these guys think about, about this, um, like album and, and shit. Yeah. I pulled up some of their, um, some of their lyrics, I wanted and why to see this because um, I am, I've never even heard of the band before you started telling me about it. Just doing the little amount of research that I did, I was like blown away by how um, obvious and upfront they are about what their belief system is and just the dark occult that they're definitely not afraid of of hiding yeah put it right out here so to me when i was reading a lot of these lyrics it's um to me it it it's like an occult belief of the opposite side of the tree of life mm -hmm. right so they're believing that through chaos chaos magic same thing as order of nine angles and other orders that are into black magic that um through chaos that they gain power or sort of immortality in this sphere on the tree of life and and why i don't know if you uh, got a chance to read these dude but this stuff is is really crazy and I, like you had told me before um I, this is an act i think that they're doing actual rituals in these songs yeah they said that like uh they were putting like satanic spells in the songs and shit like that so 
I don't think they were afraid to put any of that shit in there. Yeah, there's there's like certain sections that in the songs that are like italicized in the liner notes that are the their esoteric formulae that they would put in uh, to like the chorus and shit like that. So it's repeated multiple times throughout the song. Yeah. I was even going to ask, like, you know, unfortunately, because we can't even hear the music. Sometimes, like, bands, like, you know, when they're singing, I mean, I don't think people, like, really notice it that much anymore, but it's, like, actually, like, layovers of voices. Like, the person isn't doing all that. Like, I don't think people realize, like, they, you know, people layer shit, too, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple you know, of like, rap, rappers do that and hip hop artists do that, like, yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, that's the only real way it probably even sounds like halfway decent is because all that extra fucking <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, like, I know metal bands will kind of do that sometimes mm-hmm. and, like, you know, layered shit. And then, like, that, I wonder, could even, you know. Yeah, this dude, on. he kind of sounded like Cobra Commander from the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. But he sounds really good for that, you know, that style of voice. But um, there was, there's a few like where they they had uh this girl that was singing on the last song where he was over top of her you know saying all this crazy shit super low and mahakali yeah mahakali on that song oh, it's a great well, album be... by the way <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't kali like the the god of war or death in hinduism or something right I, th- I think so. We, it's been you know a while since we went over that one, but there was like a bunch of like Hindu stuff in there, a bunch of stuff from uh, like the old Hebrew st- uh, like times, and just a like Egyptian shit. And yeah, imagine some Babylonian yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, man, because like you know. I- I love music too. I grew up in like the punk scene. I love uh, like old school punk and, and metal oh, and hardcore yeah. and, and stuff like that, man. And then going back years later after being in an occult order and looking at the lyrics of bands like AFI, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, holy shit, man. Like these guys were saying something way deeper than just, uh, you know, what I perceived at the time. Yeah. It's, it's music, music has so much power and, the energy, the frequency, the tones that are used in music to convey an occult message is very powerful. And, uh, yeah, bands like this, like I was telling you in, in the emails, at least they don't hide it. They're just up front. They yeah. say it, hey, yeah. this is what it is. You don't like it, turn it off. Yeah, it's not like some Katy Perry halftime show where yeah. it's like, uh, that's kind of weird. These guys are like, hey, this is what you're getting, so... Strap up, boys. Hail Satan, dog. Um, (laughs) And that reminds me of what you guys had said on one of your your casts a while back where you said that that was part of ritual magic, right? Where they they have to be up front with you so that there's no karmic repercussion, right? The most part, I think think you kind of know it's... You were told, but just don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally think so. Yeah, it's part of the rule of magic or the occult. If I tell you I'm going to do something and you do nothing to stop me, then I'm not responsible for repercussions that come from it. So if I tell you I'm doing a ritual that's going to affect you and you just turn a blind eye to it, 
no karmic uh, repercussions happen. So from the yeah. lyrics perspective, yeah, actually, in my, in my opinion, just real quick, sometimes I even think part of the magic trick is actually giving you the truth, but screwing it up to where now you actually kind of do what they wanted you to do because they knew you wouldn't understand what was going on mm-hmm. or what you were told. It's, it's, you know, as weird as that sounds, sometimes I think that's what all it is, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Confusion. Yeah. So from the lyrics perspective, if they're casting out a spell, how would that, from your guys' opinion, how would that affect the listener? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, you know what the thing is? I, I can't, I don't know what the music sounds like, but I'm just assuming. Like, It'll uh, be I the best just... album you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how the, lo- I mean, there's so with metal, I think it, I mean, there's so many different things. I, mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Sometimes I think the lyrics, but like maybe the lyrics and the music both have to kind of be like in a certain, like the lyrics have to kind of put you in a mindset that maybe the music is also like giving off a vibration that kind of goes along with it as well. That's the thing is this, this album is yeah. like, we've talked about it. And Luke and I have talked about it for years. It's just one of these albums that everything is recorded perfectly. Everything sounds perfect. There's not a, a whole lot of bells and whistles to it. It's just straight up. Uh, it's just all the music and everything's mixed perfectly and the riffs are perfect. And it's just one of those things you can't not listen to back. Like you have to listen to the whole album at least five times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Perfect. You know who I think is a good example of who I think, in in a sense, understood this and was able to become somewhat... I mean, I think everybody knows who they are. I will say I liked their shit up until a certain point. Like, probably, I think from Fear of the Dark on, I did not like. But I think Iron Maiden uh, understood how to kind of almost use the voice as an extra instrument, mm-hmm. in a sense. I think that hooked people. And that's that, like... That and the galloping bass line. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, but I yeah. think they, under, they understood magic and understood what they were kind of doing with the music. Mm-hmm. And then you got to think, why is it that so many of these bands that kind of revolve around um, occultism, hidden or just obvious, why is the tuning always in drop D? The drop D, it's because the frequencies that it correspond with drop D, they affect the, the human mind they, the frequencies impact you in a way that you might not notice right off of the bat, but over a long time, it's it's more or less like subliminal messaging. So mm-hmm. the lyrics, along with the frequency, will imprint on your mind, and you know a lot of stuff like backtracking. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if the, this band uses that, but these are all methods of more or less mind control or influence over the listener. Mm-hmm. I'll just say drop D's for pussies. It's all about drop C, dog. I don't know if it's because maybe I'm an old school metalhead, but for real, like, I mean, there were bands, I guess, when I was younger that were able to pull off that shit, like Typo Negative and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like Steel. Nirvana. And I think maybe, uh, I think Pantera might have done that too. Oh, yeah. There were some bands that could pull that off, but in my opinion, honestly, I feel like when that started becoming popular is actually when heavy metal took a fucking shit. Yeah. 
my opinion. Mm. That's when all of a sudden all you started getting all the same sounding fucking bands. And I was like, oh, this is just garbage now. Yeah. When we, we, uh, when we, we were, reference Peter Steele all the time. Yeah. And his Playboy pose. <laughs> yeah, he was in Playgirl. <laughs> oh, yeah, Playgirl. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Dicks out, dog. <laughs> I've actually, yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, but you don't I, want I, to. I'm a pretty huge fan of, no. Been a pretty, I was a pretty huge fan of Typo Negative, though, back in the day. I still do listen to him every once in a while. Yeah, we saw those guys play here at a skating rink. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. With Peter like, Steele is like so damn tall. Probably His head was almost touching the ceiling. Probably twelve foot, fourteen foot ceilings, and then with the stage, <laughs> basically Peter Steele's like Nephilim, like his head was like touching <laughs> so, the top. <laughs> I saw them at the Roseland and somewhere else. I saw them twice, and I actually did not like them then. They were just like an opening band for the band that I wanted to see. And I was like, oh, man, when the fuck is this band going to be over with? <laughs> and then like five years later, I put on uh, October Rust. And I was like, yo, these guys are fucking good. <laughs> I was like, I, I paid attention to them then. But then I think like that was um, Bloody Kisses, which I still thought was kind of good when I saw them. It was around that time. But to me, it was like just the scene of the people that came. I was just like, oh. Bro, we used to have a friend in high school, me and Jake did, because we went to high school together. We had this friend that used to always wear typo negative shirts, and he had like this, you know, the, like the long tent hair head thing. And I, I was like, I asked for typo negative. Yep. What a shit. Yep. I asked for a typo negative record for Christmas that year because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then as soon as I got it, I listened to like the first track and threw it away. I was like, <laughs> I can't get into these dudes. Yeah. I had somebody one time was like, because I think I like Skinny Puppy. They were trying to tell me that I like typo negative. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And they gave me like a the Bloody Kisses album on cassette. And I was just like, I'm just not feeling this. And then like I ended up having to see them like twice. I think I saw them open for Megadeth once. I went to go see Megadeth. And they opened for him. And then I think I saw them maybe to open up for the Misfits, believe it or not, or Ooh, some nice other weird thing. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. It was like a weird combo. And, oh, no, that could, or it could have been Megadeth and Misfits. I don't know. But whatever. I saw Typo Negative uh, twice, and then I hated them. And then, unfortunately, by the time I really appreciated their music, I think he died like a few, a few years later. Funny thing about Skinny Puppy is in 93, I went to uh, see Fugazi. And the guy that was with me, he was wearing a skinny puppy shirt. And I got Ian McKay yelled at me for stage diving. And then he started yelling at my friend saying how the pit was like so shitty. And Ian's like, hey, this guy in the skinny puppy shirt says this pit sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really picture skinny puppy having a mosh pit. It was, they have like maybe two or three songs, maybe that they let off with. It was pretty, pretty funny, but <laughs> skinny puppy guys talking about a monster. <laughs> and I'm sure, like with you guys, you know, sounds like you're, you know, longtime uh, followers of music, probably multiple genres. You've probably been to a lot of different concerts and shit like that. For me, when I go to certain concerts, the energy in the room is so vastly different from one concert to another. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah. that's a, just a perfect example of how you know these frequencies, you know, affect the listener. You know. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, a time that um, Jake and I, Madball played here a couple of times, and man, when those guys played, it was just like insane. Yeah, like the. Static in the air is like okay, 
guys get ready for a fight. And then <laughs> they'd start playing and shit would just erupt. Set it off, dog. Yep. Fucking head walking <laughs> and kicking people. Those guys were good. There was a, in our bands, we had a bunch of uh, influential bands for us were from New York and uh, like Boston. And so we had a, a lot of, a lot of bands that uh, we have a lot of their albums and it's good shit from over there. Yeah, the East Coast probably had the best uh, underground metal scene in the early 2000s. Yeah. Opposed to any time. I mean... In the hardcore scene. Yeah, the hardcore scene is off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Cool cool shit out there. Bands like Have Heart. It's so funny. Like, if you listen to... Have Heart. You know, if you listen to Have Heart, I don't know about you guys, but when I listen to any of their music... I get amped up. I'm ready to do anything. I even mentioned this on a podcast before. I was like, if I'm about to go and to do something, whether it be a, a job interview or something that I have to have, you know, confidence about, I'll put on some half heart. And it's just another example of that frequency, right? That affects you. That gives you. Whereas other frequencies are going to make you depressed, sad, you know, um, you know, insecure. It's just. A law. It's such an occult principle of how frequency affects us, and uh, this is very important to talk about, man. Because look at all the bullshit that people are listening to now. Yeah, know? all the pop and all the little girls and stuff that are being influenced by these Katy Perry's and giant pop stars. What was that? The one that William Ramsey talked about was it Ed Ed, Ed Sheeran. I went and watched that video after he talked about. It. Have you guys watched that vampire video of his? You should do a no. breakdown on that, man. That's insane. I've heard uh, Ramsey has told me about this, but I have uh, I might have even brought it up on my own show. It's the worst song ever, to- but <laughs> yeah, but the video was just it was crazy how occult it was. I mean, everything that you guys talk about, colors, schemes, like j- everything is in there. It's so it's so creepy. I think. I do think you think that was, he's a part of that, or do you think it's just like the? the uh, record company and the producers that are doing all this shit and he's just a, a pawn and they're just putting all the shit in there for him. Yeah. That was my question. Hmm. I, mean, I think both do happen. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, you probably definitely have an artist like David Bowie that knows what's up. Yeah. That's, oh, you yeah. know, going to do, he's going to, you know, or rain chaos with uh dissection, but these pop, you know they're just puppets yeah these pop puppets are, are they are they in on the know you know is like a katie perry do you think that she's she knows what's up when it comes to ritual magic or Kabbalah? oh yeah Kabbalah? or she's just a, a pawn or a tool to to spread it out or something yeah and a lot of these artists don't write their own music mm. they're just more or less given something they go into to record and then they just replicate what they're being told. And then, you know, I'm sure at some level, some of the uh, these people who are artists, they know about occultism. And then others who are just totally unaware that when they're putting certain hand signs up or when they're covering certain eyes or when they're using certain tones or frequencies or phrases, they, mm. they don't care just as long as they get popular or get make money. So it's sort of, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think, I think so, so, like 
comparatively, like Katy Perry to like Travis Scott, I, I would say that he knows knows that shit, whereas she would be more like a, a pawn in that scheme. Do you just think she's uh, cute? Not a- no, I actually think she probably... See, that's the thing with Katy Perry. I actually believe she probably knows what the fuck's up. Really? Like, I don't think she's dumb. No, I don't think she's dumb. Hmm. Or, or, or she's totally MK Ultra. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, she came out of the Christian scene too. Yeah. yeah. Katy Perry was yeah. originally a Christian singer. Yeah. Like, I think she understood the change and what was going to happen. You're like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. of that too, of where she tried and then it just openly admits that that wasn't working. So I went to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. She might be like somewhat of a willing participant, maybe fucked with too. Who knows? I mean, I also think Russell Brand and her being together, who knows what was up with that? Maybe it was like a fucking handler. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been a little bit. Que- I, I question that Russell Brand thing as well because now his, his podcast is huge. Or is what is he? Is it a video podcast on YouTube? Mm-hmm. That thing's huge, man. He's got a lot of followers. And he's got two weeks his- ago. He had a fucking blue shirt on with the number 33 on his fucking shirt, and then his fucking sleeve open with this 33 on his fucking arm. Yeah, I was just gonna say on his wrist, he's got a 33 <laughs> tattoo. Yeah, could you? I noticed that myself. Could you, uh, could you guys talk a little bit about the occult colors that were that, that were connected with those chakras? You, you mentioned it on one of your podcasts, and Specifically, I wanted to ask you about the color green. Is it associated? Um, everybody okay over there? Oh, I thought that was you. I thought you dropped the mixer. <laughs> no, maybe Lux went down. <laughs> he fell. Yeah, I something fell over. It's a ghost. Yep. It's uh. It, this happens every time we talk about the bodies rain, in the rain floor chaos. over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking rope just broke. The dude hanging from his ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't hear from me in a couple of minutes, <laughs> call the cops. You're in the fucking spot. It was a staged autoerotic asphyxiation scene. <laughs> the guy from NXS, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to a little bit too much of the section. Yeah. You know? You'll find me with Lieber, Lieber as Arte next to me. Yeah. My dead corpse. Carved oh. in your chest. <laughs> but the, the the color green, is that is that associated oh, with... With the occult, yeah, I see a lot of that recently, right? I feel like red and green, but yeah, yeah, and they they actually both do go together on like the tree of life. Like I've mentioned, like even though they do cross uh, Tiferet, when you make talismans, um, if you were to make a green talisman for Netzach or Venus, I mean, yeah, it would be green. That type of talisman with a flesh and color of red, because it does connect to Gabora. Just like higher up, and for that sphere, if you were doing something like making a talisman or doing shit with magic, it should be like red with the flesh and color of green because it's connected to Netsak in a, in a way. Like they they do, even when it's suggested color wise, you can see that there is a relationship being shown between those two, hmm. or an influence from. Yeah, I, so-, so green is important. I think. Yeah, right. So when we see these music videos um, or we see the lyrics in a song and they're mentioning certain colors and, you know, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but even the date that the song is released, Mm -hmm. these are many times, yeah, rituals. And the colors on the cover 
of the album, what's described in the lyrics or in the background of videos, that's expressing an occult message that can influence the listener, and they just wouldn't—they would be none the wiser. They wouldn't understand what's happening. But meanwhile, their behavior internally changes. That's what a lot of this ritual magic is about: is influencing someone. That's what black magic is, especially. It's influencing influencing someone else's will with magic that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that happens, actually. That's what I was getting at earlier. Yeah. Yeah. When I, uh, when I came out of the Mormon church as a kid, um, I was heavily influenced by the band tool and, um, yeah. And it was weird because when I came out, I started, obviously became an atheist because if you, you're, you grow up that this is the one true thing and then you figure out that it's not true, then nothing is real. Right. At least in my mind, that's the way it was. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I became a very atheist and, and then it was, um, a lot of chaos theory and a lot of, you know, trying to get into the same type of things that, that tool was into, you know, scrying and things like that. And it was a dark time, but it's weird to look back and see that that was a huge influence in my life. Like listener, literally listening to tool all day, you know? And I think at the time it was right around when the, their album came out, the lateralis or however you pronounce it. And it had the grudge, which looking back now on the things I've learned from you guys, that song is all about alchemy you know yeah i think i had james from a hitchhiker's guide to the to truth and he came on my show and covered tool i think in two shows and i think he purposely meant i specifically mentioned that song in that album so it's interesting yeah it was a lot of whatever he presented i can't because it was so long ago that's probably literally over a year ago on my show uh i do remember a lot of saturn Type symbolism with them as well that he showed. Yeah, that, and that song specifically, Saturn comes back around, lifts you up like a child, drags you down like a stone. Then the lyrics, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you might have read those lyrics off because of because yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, that sounds familiar. But I was That's asking sp- specifically about the colors because it seemed like this summer with the um, you know Roe v. Wade being overturned and then you know the pro-abortion. Um, movement uh, propelling forward over the summer. I noticed that everything for that advertising is green. They everybody's wearing green shirts, green signs, and all that stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting because that's you know if you go back to the Old Testament and the biblical, you know, sacrificing children to Molech, and you know maybe the same thing with the abortion. You know, maybe this has all been sacrificing, continuing to Molech, and the, uh, so that's why I was wondering if the color green is is related. Well, and you, you could even use uh, so in a in a ritual, uh, a grand big ritual that the public uh, partakes in, right? So let's say that they're harnessing the energy, like uh, NY said, of Netzach, right? Well, the name or the word that's associated with Netzach would be victory. So this is you know it's also associated with the the masculine version of passion and emotion, but essentially if you want something to come into our reality you're going to use a ritual that is going to focus on the colors associated with that sphere 
And as that ritual is being done, it's bringing that energy down into our sphere. And so that's why they use certain colors because that color will then create, or that ritual associated with the color, the time of day that the ritual's done, all, it will create the reality that we see here. And so it's almost like a, a metaphor for they're doing this ritual to, for victory so that they can accomplish what they want. That's mm-hmm. interesting that you say that. Did you guys watch the video of the Queen's 70th Jubilee this year? Oh, she had the green dress on and she lit yep. up that and then, thing? And she lit the little pink cute. Well, they, they, they carried out a crown that had a blue globe that looked like the world into it. And they sat it yeah. on a pink cube, and then she touched it. The cube turned white, and then it looked like DNA strands across the ground lit up down to the tree, and then the tree lit up. And I was like, "Whoa, man, that, that seems like that's a, a Sephiroth tree or something." And the DNA, you know, kind of go into that. And then if you look on the other side of that, they're looking through the tree at the Victoria Monument, which is has mm. the. Uh, the wings of victory on top of it in gold. I was actually going to send that to you, Lux, yesterday, and then I was like to ask if you had looked at that because it seemed like there was some kind of occult symbolism in that ceremony, but I just didn't have the eyes to see it, you know. Yeah, we actually we actually have a Twitter post that's still getting retweeted. That whole video kind of lighting that up. That yeah, was, and and why you you retweeted that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then even if you look at the funeral, Jesus, that whole thing is one giant, you know, one giant ritual. Uh, Maybe we could make an episode about that one day and why. Because a screen cap and everything from this funeral and, you know, whatever. I I don't know the the, the woman. I'm not going to talk ill of her and all that kind of crazy shit. But just looking at what happened at that funeral, it's very obvious that what was being done there was a ritual. Mm. and um, all the colors corresponding to each other. And it's more or less like, uh, to me, the funeral was her being sent up the tree of life uh-huh. and out of this sphere. So, yeah, a lot of those different, um, like, centennials or whatever they're called, yeah, it's sort of, it's like a metaphor for an occult um, ritual. Yeah. It, was, it was weird. Even like uh, the blue sphere, that would even be like the first male energy too that that comes into play in the, you know, after the on the tree of life, you have the three top spheres. Those are like the supernal triad. That's kind of like uh, you know out of flesh, kind of like you know not of this world. The first male energy that you come into physical reality, supposedly, the tree of life is blue. And, uh, you know, it goes along with Thursday, which is the same day that she died on, too, and the same day that that, that, that lighting was done on as well. Oh, that's crazy. And, yeah. And, and there was even another thing I noticed with that tree lighting from Russia invading Ukraine to the tree lighting was 98 days. And from the tree lighting to her death was 98 days. Whoa. And didn't they announce, oh, they were, they were moving her body from Scotland to London on 9-11, right? And that was the day that they announced... Um, the prince now turning in, turning into the king, correct? Yeah, right. That's weird, dude. And I think even the entire and process. I've been saying of- that that's part of the beast, isn't it, Lex? Do you think when you go up the tree, the prince turning to the king? I mean, 
Well, yeah, and then you got like the flag of England, or not the flag of England, the the flag of the family of, um, you know, the the the, um, the king and queen. If you look at that, it's gold, red, and the beast is on that flag as well. I think it's replicated six times. There's no three way. separate. <laughs> yeah, it's like three beasts oh on one gosh. side, and then three on the other, and you got the the red and the gold on there too, which it's just occultism. Like we say over and over again, it's just all around us. I think the entire process of her being buried was 10 days, which would obviously, to me, um, be symbolic of uh, you know, the 10 spheres, plus the invisible sphere of crap. Yeah. That's wild, dude. You guys should totally do an episode on that. Yeah, I even heard that there was like lead in these coffins, right? Coffin or something like that. Really? Why would yeah. What would the lead be there for? I don't know, but I think that does go with Saturn. I think. Hmm. Well, I found that weird. Well, and tin, tin too. Yeah, would be I think with Saturn. No, oh, tin goes with Jupiter. Just said. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've heard you guys um, talk about the um, the tree of life, and I think you've mentioned that you. In some ways, you guys think that that's like a three-dimension. It can be a three-dimensional um, shape, but on a two-dimensional like surface. surface. Is that um, something you guys agree with, or have you? I, well, I, I thought I thought I heard you guys mention that before. Lux probably explains it better, but like sometimes I I do think of like even. A weird way to explain it. I hate that I use like a dreidel, but I just think it's that, kind of. That's funny. what I was just gonna say because the it's, the episode you guys posted today talking about uh, the Kabbalah, that f- like steel f- steel frame of the uh, tree on there. I was like, dude, that looks like a dreidel. Yeah. Uh, I think like it might be something like that with like light beams maybe getting shot around inside of it as well, mm-hmm. something like that. It's yeah. as it is. Almost like maybe if it was a diamond. You know how like diamond reflects light? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you're right. Yeah, it's definitely when you look at the tree of life um, from what the Hebrews had, the way that they drew it out, it's definitely a, a two-dimensional image. Mm-hmm. But what they were trying to do, in my opinion, is they were trying to express. That's why if you look at the tree of life and you expand it um, from the front, it all starts to show a different picture. It's not a two-dimensional um, shape. It's three-dimensional or even four-dimensional. And I think that um, sort of like each one of the spheres has a different uh, reflection mm-hmm. of itself. And so, but right here, like perfect example. So right here in these lyrics, Beyond the Horizon, so this is by the band, talks about how um, 11 to kill the 10 right mm-hmm. in my opinion that is an ex- it's trying to ex- it's expressing that the tree of life that uh, that we perceive can be overcome by the expression of maybe doth or the n- negative reflection of the other side of the tree it's so hard to uh, explain but these dark occultists believe that there is an opposite side of the tree that would be on the other the two-dimensional side right mm-hmm. the other side we can't see, and it's expressing all the negative um, 
attributes of each one of the spheres. So, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, the, the Tree of Life stuff goes really deep, and we tried to cover it the best we could on the Kabbalah series, but it's just so much. Yeah, for sure. I didn't. I haven't gone to that part yet. Did you guys talk about um, Metatron during the the Kabbalah series? Oh, that was, <clears throat> we mentioned. Uh, we do mention his name in the last uh, part three. He's associated with Kether hmm. at the end. <clears throat> yes, we did. And that uh, figure is mentioned in the Bible as well. Yeah, the Bible talks about the Matrix, right? It talks about Metatron. Or of Melchizedek, a whole bunch of these mm -hmm. different occult stuff that uh, I grew up in the Christian church and I totally just glossed over them, didn't pay any attention to it. And then looking back now, like, holy shit, this was in these terms in the Bible, it's even expressing occult understanding or knowledge. It's just, it's kind of, it's hidden. It's a cult, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't think I knew who Metatron was until I saw Dogma. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah. I, was, the fuck's I always think of Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Megatron dog. Oh, yeah. Megatron, son. <laughs> but no, you're right, uh, Lux, because I was going back through and rereading the Old Testament, and I had just, you know, been listening to a bunch of your guys' stuff. And as I was going back through, um, you know, the, the first five books of the what would be the Torah, uh, they there's a lot of, you know, ritual stuff going on you know, they're in the tent of God and things like that. And so that was one of my questions. If there's, if you have these dark occultists that look at the tree of life and they they say that there's a, a dark side to that, the as so above, as above, so below or whatever, would you think that there's a, like, if there's a black magic, that there would be a, a white magic? And maybe that's what they were talking about in the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean it's it's tricky. Like I said before, the black you know black occultism or black magic revolves around taking the will from someone else and imposing your own will on them, mm -hmm. and that can be at a personal scale or it could be at a much larger societal scale to influence an entire you know generation, society, etc. Yeah, um, and then when it comes to the white magic stuff, uh, traditionally that would be viewed as the instead of looking instead of imposing your will on others with white magic you're going to be looking inward to fix the things that you find wrong about yourself to become a better person instead of instead of imposing your will on others to get the results that you want gotcha so yeah but when it comes to the tree there are in my opinion like i was saying the 3 or 4d scale of the tree is it's expressing all of this um it's just with that 2D model, it's hard to explain because you got to put it on a three or four D. Yeah, yeah. Every time I look at the Sifrat tree, it looks like a cube sitting on top of a pyramid to me, yeah. and that's why I was wondering if you know, because the black cube and and the Saturnalia and the you know all that stuff seems to kind of always cross, you know, cross paths. Made me wonder if there was some connection to on the occultist side. You know that Sifrat tree representing some kind of a cube. Yeah, well, I, I think the cube even comes into play when you start getting into Saturn and Bina and stuff. But uh, 
Yeah, because I do think there's a cube associated in there because of like what Lux is trying to say. It's like a four-dimensional thing. Mm-hmm. That's why the Star of David, David is, you know, if you take that image and you break it down, it's a triangle, right? Within yeah. another triangle, it's a, it's trying to express a three-dimensional shape. So that's a lot of times why I pick dreidels because it looks like a pyramid on top of a cube, like spinning it. Mm-hmm. I'm right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so even in, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, bud. I was just gonna say to to dovetail off what you were saying with the with that point was, you know, the Star of David, the lineage of David, King Solomon, and Solomon uh, having that power over the the demons. That he, remember in uh, I can't remember which book it is. You probably it sounds like you've read the Old Testament, but um, he had he had power to control the demons. Right, and that's how he built the temple and all that yeah. stuff, yeah. 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 That's where we get the, uh, basically, I guess you would call the Goetia from, too. Ars Goetia. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that supposedly Solomon uh, rendered 72 demons under his power. Yeah. After listening to one of your, your guys's, I think I was watching it on YouTube, and then you know how the algorithm feeds you all these like things. There was something that had fed on my YouTube feed, and it was talking about the key of the lesser key of Solomon. And it was, you know, I watched the videos about 30 minutes long where they were talking about the lesser key of Solomon kind of being involved in some form of magic. I, it kind of went over my head, so I wasn't sure if that was something you guys could kind of touch on a little bit, if you have any knowledge of it. That's a good video to go check out if you want to fucking laugh your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not real. <laughs> fake, uh, well, I think it's, well, I think the guy understood. I just, shit. Paul Runyon's fucking, uh, if you look up, like, Paul, Paul Runyon, I think, Oasia or something like that. Yeah, he used to be, I think, like, a writer and then became, like, some, like, fucking ceremonial magician. And I think he has, like, the OTA instead of the OTO. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this shit looks like it came off of a VHS tape. It's so fucking old. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so over the fucking top. But uh, it's really interesting. But um, yeah, good. The, the interesting thing though with, with him, at least, that he does like a lot of people. As soon as you hear like uh, the lesser keys, you automatically a lot of people just jump straight to the Goetia. But there is like you know other books that are basically kind of focused on technically angels, so you can, I guess, control the demons. In a sense. Um, that's what I would get out of the lesser keys. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and even yeah. I would I would say to, to navigate the tree, kind of in general too. I think a lot of it's a metaphor. Uh huh. I think a lot of it is actually just changing, almost like uh, uh, mental alchemy in a sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the way to put it. I think <laughs> maybe even tapping into frequencies your brain just isn't picking up normally, like right. the brown note. Yeah, brown notes real. <laughs> Trust me, Luke knows. <laughs> we had a brown note earlier. Dude, I, I was in Home Depot the other day and had a brown note that I was trapped in that bathroom for like 20 minutes, man. <laughs> it was so bad I had to go into the family bathroom, you know, and yeah. that's like just... <laughs> it came over the PA and you yeah. had to run. <laughs> I love that. Was it? Was that guy that got the police called on him when he said... He was going into a Home Depot bathroom. And he said, 
to somebody as he was passing him in the door. He said, you better get out of here. I'm fixing to blow this place up. <laughs> and so the guy was like thinking he had a bomb and it ran and called the police. And it's like, no, bro, he's got to shit his pants. He's got to go spackle the toilet. Oh, man. What? We really took this one down a few notches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we usually go high and right in our episodes, so we just wanted to bring that to yours, too. Yep. Dude, I'm uh, telling the one of the best places to take a giant dump is Home Depot, uh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, they have the best options. It's always super clean. They and, are clean bathrooms. Like, think, would you rather go to McDonald's to take a dump, or are you going to Home Depot? I'm going to Home Depot all day. <laughs> I'd go to Home Depot over going to the White House bathroom where Trump's notes fell in. Did you guys see that picture? <laughs> of the of the yeah. toilet i'm like bro that's cardboard underneath there like that that looks like it's in a trailer in oklahoma <laughs> no i didn't see yeah. that bro go check I it out it. yes I, I think uh no didn't they say they found that yeah. at his spot not at the white house wasn't like when they went there to go check him and they say that he was trying to like rip up shit or somebody was ripping shit up and throwing it in the toilet oh at mar-a-lago yeah I thought maybe that's what it was. I mm. could be wrong, though. Well, the then house, he's but... not as rich as I thought he was because that toilet looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> there was no bidet. <laughs> the trim was all fucked up. Yeah, it looked terrible. Looked like fake news, dude. <laughs> some would say it's the it's the it's the best poop that's ever been pooped. Some would say. <laughs> yeah. Some would say not me. Some but others have said Here's it's, the, the, it's the greatest poop. Here's the thing. They say it's pooped. the greatest poop ever. But I'm just going to say. Poop, poop, poop. People talk about it. People do it. You everyone measure it. Everyone measure it. I've got the biggest poop. <laughs> I could take the biggest poop. China cannot poop like me. China cannot poop like me. See now, Shiny. now your lips, your listeners will never come to our podcast because they're gonna be like, all these guys talk about is boners and shit. Sorry, no, I marked down the time to edit this out. <laughs> well, we haven't even brought up boners yet, so well, yeah. we just did. <laughs> Speaking of boners, Peter Steele. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know, did you ever notice that all his basically all their albums at one point on were just all black and green? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He had the green man. He had that base with the green frets on it, remember? Mm-hmm. Every other fret was green. Always using the beer bottle mm-hmm. to do the slide on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They used a lot of green shit too. Well that's because that would be a what? Is that a, would that be a full step down? If it's what? How many you said it was every other fret? It was every other fret, yeah. I guess his fret okay. markers were Yeah, his fret yeah. markers were green. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But that reminds me of that little Nas X breakdown you guys did early on. That was one of the first episodes I think I think Luke sent it to me and then I listened to it and then went back and started over on your stuff. But I watched that I video and I'm like, What the hell? Like this is a real thing? All of that guy's gonna... videos are bad, yeah. dude earlier when we were talking about the red and green uh, i mean i didn't cover a lot of it with some of the stuff i did go through but uh for, for little nas x but he did have a lot of that color scheme in his shit i did notice that they'll have like uh red lights but then like a green hue in the background constantly and shit like that yeah 
I just recently rewatched Natural Born Killers on Netflix, and there's a ton of green in that film, that movie. In fact, the first thing that opens up on one of the screen, I think it's like because it shows a TV within the TV, and the first thing is it says 77 on it. Oh, yes, green. I mean, even think about paranormal. You get those green lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that true. Ed Sheeran video is all got green green undertones. Fight Club, same thing, a lot of green undertones. Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, yeah. all Shit. the typing on the code. Yeah. Yeah, they're just kind of that whole, through the whole movie, they just got a green, green filter on mm-hmm. it or something. Right, and we even talked about that a little bit. The, the whole... I think we went on a show for that, didn't we? Actually, specifically, Lux one time, we went for, on uh, uh, My Third Eye. I think with Ghost, just to, he wanted us to be like, "What the fuck's up with this green shit?" Yeah, if you look at the Matrix, that trilogy is explaining to to us as you know watchers that okay, this is a fictional thing; it has nothing to do with reality. But what they're laying out in those movies is, in my opinion, exactly what we're in and kind of how we experience it. It's just being told in occult terms so that the public doesn't pick it up hmm. Hmm. i mean i think it was mark passio did like a nine hour presentation on breaking down every single character in the matrix and all the colors and how this is trying to express a deeper occult message that uh unless you, you kind of have the eyes to see it you're gonna miss it uh-huh. yeah nine hours damn yeah that's Dude, like some, that's was, some Bill Cooper shit right there. Yeah, uh, he had like took a break like, four hours in. He was like, "All right, everybody, go get some fucking food and come back." Yeah. <laughs> he he's got some really great shit. It's like David Icke stuff too, right? There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, he just likes to paint a different picture. <laughs> Honestly, I think David Icke kind of uh, tells archetypes in his own way yeah yeah he's very good at it especially with the lizard stuff oh yeah yeah i think he could come out and say this stuff in a different way and be a little bit more helpful that's just my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah he gets pretty wild on the lizard stuff yeah well again that goes i mean that even goes back to like reptiles green red Mm -hmm. and shit like that Mm mm-hmm and, and like you just said, it's a metaphor, in my opinion, for the left side of the brain. It's not necessarily an actual lizard people. It, it's people who are so focused in on that one side of the brain that's just animalistic, reptilian, and you know doesn't have any expression of care or emotion. Yeah. Yep. 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 Breaking you down to the basics of uh, survival. That reptilian. Mm-hmm. Queen. I mean, there's some animals like don't they won't they like even like give up their tail? They're so scared. They'll like dislocate their tail, just to, like if you grab it. I forgot what they're called. Oh, an iguana. Yeah, well, I, I think even like certain salamanders and just like mm-hmm. rich mm-hmm. like yep. boots and stuff like that. I think some of them will even like dislocate their tail if you grab it. That's how fucking scared that they are. <laughs> deserve it. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, I'll give up my tail. Yeah. My sacrifice, my tail. Yeah, I can't imagine being that scared of something. So I'm great, just fucking just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out, bitch. 
Oh, that made sense. <laughs> I'm taking my tail with me. Just <laughs> goes back and grabs it. Yeah. Did you guys have you ever heard that um, Venus makes? This was one of the questions I had for you. Have you ever heard that the that Venus makes the symbol of a pentagram in the sky as it moves throughout um, its cycle or whatever? Is that true, or have you ever heard that? I read that on this thing about Columbia. Oh, well, that's a, a very interesting sub subject with the whole Columbia stuff. I mean, that's wild in itself, but... Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. With it, as you move through the cycle, yeah, then it's making that pentagram. You know, yeah, it came up when we were we were like it's, like you mentioned earlier. We we're doing a series on NASA and talking about NASA and the occult. And uh, the last one we did last week, where we talked about the space shuttle program and going through each one of the uh, space shuttles, um, and you know, we talked about Columbia and Challenger and those being potential ritual sacrifices. Um, as they were the only ones that were destroyed. And when I was doing the research on Columbia, that's, that came up And one of the topics was the, that the, um, it was actually a Mason topic and it talked about Venus making a, the sign of a pentagram in the sky as it moves through, uh, throughout its, uh, you know, orbit or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's where a lot of these occult symbols come from is this that the movement of these certain patterns of stars or celestial bodies as they move around us then they create these certain patterns like you said and that's where a lot of the occult symbolism comes from yeah it's pretty wild dude um did you guys have you ever looked into any of the numbers stuff in the uh Space shuttle programs or, or NASA or anything like the occult numbers? I um, have. I, I do. Uh, there was one thing I remember telling. I think I briefly mentioned it to Lux, and I think I might have mentioned it uh, recently on another show. It was uh, at one point, I think, like around the time when we were covering the Scarlet Horror. This is even going back a while. Where I, started, I was watching a certain... Like I forgot exactly what kind of channel it was. It was the same channel, but it was like uh, they're covering the planets. And I was like, I want to check this out and see if I'll start hearing specific numbers or certain things that might go along with like shit like on the tree. And uh, I remember, I, I don't remember exactly what stuff it was, but I do remember it was Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. Uh, I was finding shit, and then I stopped because it actually kind of started bugging me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, there, there definitely, I do definitely think that even uh, with certain shit that you're told about the planets, if you're to look at it differently, you might, you know, try to play with it on the tree in other ways. You can see it maybe making sense, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, but like, like Saturn even has like seven rings, mm. you know, and there's like seven other spheres beneath fucking where Saturn falls on the tree. You know, Saturn, again, like, I do think the number seven does correlate with Saturn in a sense in the tree, even though they're kind of, like, far away from each other. Uh, and that would be green again, too. You'd have the green and black, which would be totally typo-negative now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> black, 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 number one. 
Well, yeah, and especially if you're traveling from Banada to Fret to, to Netsock, yeah. right? And you would get those numbers too. So when yeah. you mentioned traveling between those, like, is uh, from a, per, a lay person like me that doesn't know anything about about that, how how are you? How are you? Tra- is it like spiritual travel, like a astral projection, or is it like something mentally that you would travel that tree in your in your mind, like a meditation? Yeah, I would. I would say there's probably like sphere might be like a different stage of something that you have to like kind of like go through, or like different like um, vibrational rates as you're like kind of transmutating into where you're gonna go. Mm. But I think like it can go, you know, it could go, I mean, there's so many, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, like, like you mentioned astral, did you mention astral travel before? Like I would take that as kind of like when you're getting close to like serious magic, Mm -hmm. but I would even consider that like some pretty serious shit. But I mean, there is a lower, you know, lower things too that could happen as you're going up, but. Yeah, I think as you're going up, you're kind of like going through certain uh, changes within, maybe within your whole body, your energy, your mind, inside your head, that will then extend out to, I guess, a world that you don't technically see, really. Hmm. You can go as that far, you know what I'm saying? So, there's a lot, and there's a lot in between that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, and if you look at, like, so so take a look at the... um CIA documents that we covered, uh, the Gateway Project, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hemisync. <clears throat> so Hemisync, right? They Using certain frequencies, they were um, joining the left and the right side of the brain together during these experiments, and then they would astral travel. And they could use a set of coordinates or numbers that are associated with frequencies to move to these different spheres or these times uh, in the past and in the future. That might sound crazy to the majority of people, but that's what they were doing. And and, uh, anybody can go to the CIA website and see this decade-long study that they were doing about um, what what I'm talking about. To me, like similar to what NY just said, it's if you are able to harness certain frequencies, certain turns, you're able to travel between these spheres. But I think that these spheres might also be different expressions of our reality that's why our world is so shitty <laughs> because we're we're, we're at malkuth right we're at the lowest vibrational frequency on the tree we're really dense we're really low down there and the higher up in the frequency that you go then you're able to more or less access different um versions of reality or dimensions in my opinion at least yeah. and uh yeah that's just trying to make it as as uh as easy as i can because yeah. it gets it gets crazy man yeah yeah sometimes i'll even think of it as uh like if you were to be going up the tree it's almost as if like each one of those spheres is like a set of like uh radio stations but like well you know all of them together they're all like um you know, a fuck ton of them coming here on earth and as you move up the tree and as you go through that sphere maybe you're knocking off just certain radio stations that just won't come into frequency anymore. And by the time you get up to the top, you're just that one. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. It's just influences of frequency. Maybe that you have to shred. And why you had uh, mentioned you had some uh, pretty crazy issues with like some blood stuff when you were doing your, 
I've, uh, have you guys ever heard of this dude? Um, got a note here. Where the hell was it? it um, oh, Melvin. Uh, this guy, Brian Melvin. He was on a podcast on uh, View from the Bunker, and he was talking about he had a near-death experience where he went to hell. And oh, he saw like yeah, it's wild. It it is it's really crazy. He saw like all these black cube cells people were g- passing in and out of. And when yeah, he was that story is crazy. Bro. Yeah. So at the end of that, when he was resuscitated, he had it's like some crazy blood clotting issues and had to get you know uh, blood thinners transfused and all that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so it made me like shit. That oh, sounds shit. pretty similar to you know what. And why it went through. So I was curious if you had ever heard that story. Or no, no, I need to now. That's really fucking interesting. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Because like I really do swear, I, I think there's something to do with that. You know, I think it has something to do with like a loss of something maybe in your blood that got burned up, maybe energy or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's cool. it was weird as that sounds like, or I don't, I don't know. In my opinion, when it comes to even magic, if you start to really start doing magic, you kind of like, I think, like sucking your soul or the energy out of your body, too. Mm-hmm. Kind of like going out of the flesh. So it's like, you know, is there something that leaves with that? Is there something that gets used or burned up? Is there, I don't know. I definitely think that's weird. Yeah. It, I, I think that might could affect the blood. In my- I, I thought it was weird, too, because, you know, I heard your story first and then I heard this other guy. So, you know, two independent stories kind of uh different scenarios but with the same kind of outcome at the end with the blood thing i was like god damn that is crazy oh yeah i'm glad you told me about that I'm really interested now to hear that yeah his story is pretty crazy it's on uh Derek gilbert's view from the bunker um it was maybe like two or three months ago when he had him on and uh just the stuff that he witnessed was crazy he was like seeing all these like um, entities that were kind of shape shifting, and they would shape shift from people that he knew that were still alive, but they would be telling him, "Hey, welcome to paradise. You know, isn't it great?" And he was thinking, "Hey, wait a minute. Like, I know you, oh. and you're not dead. That's weird." And then they would shape shift as soon as he like would say that they would shape shift into like these lizard, reptilian looking um, entities, and he said that there was like all different sizes and shapes and that there was these um, principalities, which going back to that biblical stuff, we were talking about the principalities and powers. Um, but there was a, these principalities that were kind of controlling all of these entities. And then everything was coming in and out of these black cubes, like these cells. And they were being escorted by, uh, by these entities and that, he said that as you would go in or you'd see somebody coming out of this cube, you knew their life story like instantaneously, like it was telepathically entered into your mind. It was, it's a really wild story, but he, he died from some bad water. He lived oh, down yeah, in Tucson right. and he, yep. and he, he had, uh, he had drank some water that came across the border from Mexico and it ended up killing him and he was dead for like five hours. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild story. And that's it. the reason I think that they want to mess so much with DNA mm-hmm. and RNA, right? So, like, the, the DNA, in, in my opinion, when 
you use certain frequencies, certain light frequencies or tones. Uh, you can travel astral projection to different spheres, right? But because we're at the bottom sphere, anywhere that we kind of go, it's more or less going to be above our sphere. So when you leave the body and then you come back, your blood is it's going to be way more congealed. It's going to be way more dense because it's sort of like the uh, it's the computer code that takes you from one place to another and then coming back down to this sphere it becomes more compressed mm-hmm. and that's what I, why I think that uh, maybe could explain that phenomenon of, of why after those experiences that people have strange um, problems with their blood yes you know like this is this is something that I came across um, like when I had this experience, and I, when I started having other magical experiences, not to bring up the guy again. But this is where I could see, like, something that David Icke pushed a lot. I forgot the fucking dude's name, but he was always pointing out this fucking politician that flew with fucking suitcase of blood. Oh, yeah, the guy must be drinking or whatever. They're doing some crazy shit with it. You know, I'm like, so after my experience, I'm like, well, could that just be a dude who fucks with fucking magic? And he already has the blood that he needs to fucking replace. Hmm. Maybe it's not like, you know, how it was presented that I put it out. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. 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 But yet maybe he, he understood what that was about. Be a badass you know, name for a song. Yeah. Suitcase of blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if that is a thing, if there is something yeah. to do with it, you know what I'm saying? Or different blood types can balance other type of blood types. Well, and wasn't that so negative? Wasn't that a thing, though, during the beginning of the whole COVID was that certain blood types weren't affected by the first um, strain of it? And then and because I remember I didn't get I didn't get the first couple strains. I got like the one of the last one or two. And it was like everybody that I knew was getting different strains, but not getting the same one. And it makes me wonder if it's because we're all different blood type. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting. It would make yeah. sense. Um, Cause there's, you know, certain blood types that like the universal donor that can work with both yep. blood types and other blood types have to be, you know, to get a transfusion, you have to have that blood type. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that viruses would, you know, certain blood types would be resistant to, a virus yeah and the dna rna thing is really really interesting uh to think about because looking back at um when i started rereading the old testament i never saw this before but the whole entire old testament is all about dna everything is about the like two lines of dna is what it seems like yeah i've often thought that with the whole moses thing and everything yeah yeah, I mean, it's because it's and like, it makes, you know, Genesis 6, the Watchers, the, um, or, you know, the Fallen Angels. We did an episode on this, the Fallen Angels, you know, cross-pollinating or whatever with the human women and creating the Nephilim and then and then wiping out that that line, but then that cropping back up. I don't know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it kind of makes sense why all these different uh, royal bloodlines try to preserve them yeah. and only marry into other... Yep. Uh, bloodlines that they approve of you know it, it's wild and that dna code the structure that sequence i think holds a lot of occult power mm-hmm. and that's why they try to preserve it because they know it's sort of like um you know you got that extra boost t- 
to travel between the spheres or have more inherent occult knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, it even says that in the old Testament, right? Like, so the, the sons of men had uh, children with the fallen angels and then the fallen angels were able to create a, a different race. And then th- these races were able to go over the earth and then uh, some were giants. And like, that's, that's the Bible. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's yeah. the Bible. So, I mean, there's way more to the, the DNA, the structure, the helixes, the, the, how the different bloodlines interact with each other um, that they definitely want to keep secret. That's why we don't hear so much about it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that I was reading a magazine where he was talking about the, uh, the DNA uh, mutations in DNA or whatever. He was talking about the liger, which is obviously the cross between a lion and a tiger, and that essentially what happens with the liger is that there's a um, ribosome or there's some kind of like a part of the DNA that's turned off. And so the growing continues, right? So this thing just gets massive and they just continue to grow and continue to grow until they die because they're too big to, to sustain. And so that was the theory with the Nephilim was that essentially you, if you had a fallen angel that cohabitated with a human like, well, how could that work or whatever? But then the Nephilim, some were giants, some weren't. And that was the theory was that certain uh, genes were turned on or turned off in that mixture that would have, you know, they would have started out small. And then mm-hmm. like a normal sized tiger, liger does, it's born as a normal size. And then it continues to keep mutating, mm-hmm. which I think there's certain people that have that too, because there's certain people that are just like, like wasn't Andre the Giant that way? Mm-hmm. He wasn't mm-hmm. born a bigger baby. He was born a normal baby, and then just continued to. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Lux. I think that that's definitely a uh, a thing. It's wild, man. I mean. The more I, I research this stuff, the more I realize that the less I know. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to pull up pieces, put them together, one giant puzzle, figure this stuff out the best way um, that I can tell, man. And it's just, it's a never-ending journey. But I, I think, I honestly think that it's really cool what's happening right now because more people are starting their own content. They're creating podcasts. They're researching for themselves. Instead of looking to the History Channel or trying to look for something, uh, you know, from a different author, people are actually going and and researching this stuff for themselves. And sweet Jesus, man, that's that's what's going to help us figure this all out and move us forward, help us to get out of this weird trap matrix thing that we're in where we're just controlled by these weird people who know occultism why the the public doesn't because uh it's hidden from them and they're told to just watch football on sunday instead of like look into these different subjects that could really uh help us out as you know a bigger collective Mm -hmm. it's awesome to see man that people are are starting this content and, and working together to you know we don't have it all figured out but at least we're trying yeah, it seems pretty awesome considering that social media was all the brainchild of DARPA 
and the seed money for social media was all funded through DARPA for, you know, their research purposes. And now it's like almost backfiring where you have, you know, things like this, where it's just continuing and people are getting out there and getting more and more exposure and, and more podcasts and more knowledge transfer. And at some point they're going to have to, you know, cut that off and, you know, cut the internet off and, yeah. and then the great reset mm-hmm. and then everybody gets to, yeah. uh, you know, the internet 3.0. Um, yeah. In your veins. Yeah. But. Yeah. And then they want to make sure that the DNA is no longer the same way it once was. So that's why you get these injections. And then years from now, you're going to get a new neuro link that's going to go into your brain yeah. and that's trans transhumanism. Yeah, that that whole transhuman uh, mu- movement is crazy, dude, and it's it's wild to me that there's certain people that think that that's like a cool, ten, yeah, tinfoil hat stuff, or some people think it's cool. You're just like, bro, like this is a real thing. Like you got, you know, scientists actively trying to link people to computers. Nah, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that technology driven or tech savvy, so I'd be. Out of my good on It'd be a good upgrade for you. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> I'd actually be able to do math. <laughs> Real algebra. <Yeah>. Fuck. <laughs> Was there anything else that you had on uh, dissection, Lux? Um, kind of veered way off course, but thought I'd check. That's I normal for us. Oh, I just wanted to show just real quick how, you know, when you look at um, the Rosarte, then you can, you know, they list all the different chapters and the context of each chapter. And it's some really dark, weird shit. And um, just so the people who are watching and listening can see that we're not, you know, making a stretch. This is what they're talking about. Um, You know, black magic, satanic creeds. You know, um, you mentioned Asmodeus in there. Mm-hmm. Secondary clipoth. Satanic alchemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dark sex magic. I mean, like, come on. I, so, yeah. If people want to pause this, they can. That way they can um, try to get more of a more info about what this order is that we're talking about and how this band is connected to. Yeah, I check it. It's wild as hell. It's wild as hell. Yeah, I was definitely connected to, in my opinion, definitely connected to the ONA and other types of dark uh, magic. So I was pretty uh, stoked when uh, I had emailed you and asked you about it, and you had uh, responded, you know, with curiosity about it. I was like, "Damn, that's pretty cool!" Like, it's even for as dumb as I am about this stuff. I was like, "Dude, that that's <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking some." pretty real shit that they're talking about there yeah man and the reason why uh, they're pushing this type of black magic now is because this black magic promotes chaos take a look at the world around us we have people who are men who think they're women we have people who are uh, they think they might be an animal 
right? They, uh -huh. I know someone who's working in a school right now, and I shit you not, a person had to make a kitty litter box for a student who was 11 years old because their parents complained that they didn't have a place for them to go to the bathroom because they identified as a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah. so I've been hearing about that shit at schools now with like furry crafts. And this, I, I had even heard stories about it. I was like, that can't be true. My wife came home one day last week and said that like one of her friends at work was flipping out. It's actually real. And like one of her kids is like her like daughter's kid or something. Like her daughter's a little out there. Uh, I was like exposing her kid to that shit. Now. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, has the kid going to his school that has fucking litter boxes for furries. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was just an Instagram fucking drop. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that was true. And so it is actually real. Wow. And it's promoting chaos. It's, it's promoting the total. What they're trying to do with this type of magic is collapse the pillars, which are structure. It's order. Now, I'm not saying order in the sense of, well, you have to be like a Christian and you have to serve that order. No, it's just the, the, the order of the way that the universe works. Just these, you know, immovable truths that people with this black magic agenda, what they're trying to do is to keep people away from ultimate truth, absolute truth. They want to make it so that you have your own truth and there's no absolute truth. And, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, that's the whole purpose of this is to make everything so chaotic and so crazy that, uh, society, the, the, the structure of the way that we operate, everything, the family, you know, all of it just gets so chaotic that there's no structure anymore. And that's how they want to collapse the pillars. Hmm. And when that happens, it's total chaos, and that's the goal. That's why you see the chaos over and over again in this black magic bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, and especially when you look at like uh, some of these world events that happen that seem to have you know ritualistic uh, timing or dates, and then they usually always create some form of chaos. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff that was going on a few years ago was all for that. Yeah, definitely. Chaos on the streets. You know, there was a lot of, uh, I think, raising of the energy and misplacing it. Hmm. Sure. But they were that's peaceful protests. Yeah, they were mostly yeah. peaceful protests, dude. Yeah. yeah. Get, it, get it right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, are we seeing now what the point of raising the energy was then? You know, was it to get us to where we're even on now? Because I do think it's kind of like... I've said, and I do think part of the queen dying or some of the stuff with that does kind of show maybe the pendulum swinging from one side to the next. Yeah. So I wonder if that was all part of it as well. Yeah, and I think we talked about it last week. Isn't um, it's, it's Charles, right? King Charles now? Mm -hmm. Isn't he really good buddies with uh, or backs up the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab? And the, that guy's been pushing the Great Reset pretty damn hard. I don't know actually much about that guy at all. Klaus Schwab yeah. or no? Well, no. Oh, Charles. Charles. Yeah, I just remember yeah. hearing that he had he was a supporter of that when it was kind of a, a thing a few months, maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. But that'll create some chaos. Uh, if the, yeah, turn off yeah. all the banks. Yeah, and in, in that total chaos, chaos state, it's hard for anybody to figure out what's up 
what's down, what's right, what's wrong. And uh, to me, in my opinion, after the research that I've done for the, the amount of time, uh, that's what I can kind of come to the conclusion is that's the goal to create total chaos. Because if you have total chaos with a society who doesn't see the occultism that's being used against them, then when this chaos happens, the people who are in power and the guys who are, you know, dark occultists, they can get away and do whatever they want. They can literally shape the future. And I, I in my opinion, I think that's the goal. Yeah. Not trying not trying to be like super negative and shit like that. It's just the more that we talk about this, I think that it's gonna um, open people's eyes to sort of the agenda that's taking place. You know. Yeah, I agree. That's what I like about your guys' show so much is um, for people that listen to it and kind of have felt like, God, you know, something is not right. You guys spell that stuff out pretty clearly, easy to understand. And then from that point, then you start seeing every this stuff everywhere. And you get yeah, a little more understanding nice. each time. And you see more of it and more of it. and So that, that's what I really like about your guys' show. Yeah, because even Luke was talking the other day about the uh, hurricane. Mm. And, and weren't they saying a bunch of... Yeah, that big storm in Alaska. Uh, what was that, last week? Yeah. Um, he said it was the biggest storm they'd had there since 2011, which was 11 years. And then the wind's peak speed was 93 miles an hour. And I was like, oh. what the fuck? Yeah. And then we just had the biggest pride parade here in Boise in 33 years. Like, come yeah. on, guys, are you fucking kidding me? And that was like tailing right off of uh, the NASA occult numbers where we were like, you know, looking into the shuttle pilots and commanders in like every single... Uh, shuttle mission was piloted or commanded by a dude that had a 13 or 14 letter name you're just like dude what like like literally every single one and then uh you guys might think that this is kind of crazy but uh columbia when when that space shuttle uh blew up on re-entry was on february 1st and that's the 32nd day of the calendar year and leaves 333 days left of the year it's like what wow yeah that's weird yeah and the shuttle was a uh, scheduled to begin re-entry at 0330 so 33 and then <laughs> it, it literally broke apart on entry at 9 a.m and all seven crew members were killed so it's like and just going through like every one of them like there was a one of the shuttles was delayed a launch of 111 days it, it was like launched from 39b 93 backwards like it was just it's insane i've actually uh, have thought about like uh looking into launch dates with nasa and seeing if there's any significance or reoccurring themes it seemed like there was a bunch of them that were like two or three days after like i pulled up one of the um uh, thelemic holiday kind of deals and there's mm-hmm. a bunch of them that were like either two or three days after the holiday ended. Yeah. Like uh, the the anniversary of when he wrote the Book of the Law. There was like a <laughs> yeah, lot. Yeah, I figured, yeah. yeah. I 
and then his when he married Rose Kelly and it's just like why are these things happening right after these certain holidays and some of them were like right after some of the pagan holidays like February 1st November 1st just pretty wild yeah yeah and that's pretty much occultism I mean they uh, they if you if you have that language if you have that knowledge so that you can harness certain energies during certain times of the year dates I mean they're working with uh, stuff that that we're not working with that we don't we don't understand so that's why the agenda keeps going on and on is because they're harnessing hidden occult information bro bro we we came up with a new nasa acronym nerds advancing satanic agendas (laughs) (laughs) not bad hell yeah not bad We also like said we also said Nazis advancing satan- satanic agendas because it was oh, all started from Werner von Braun. So <laughs> nice, yeah. But I like nerds better because they're getting all yeah, nerded out. Yeah, that was <laughs> but yeah, man. <laughs> well, dude, like we're, all of the uh, initial scientists for NASA. Yep, they were all Operation Paperclip. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. German scientists from Nazi Germany, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which were deep into the occult, so they probably knew some shit that, you know, helped out that space agenda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was some of the things like when we when we talked about Jack Parsons in our Fallen Angels episode, um, he had traveled over to as a kid with his family over to, uh, you know, Europe, and they did a tour of Europe. And while he was there, he was corresponding with Werner von Braun in the 1920s and then came back and then he advanced rocket stuff here in the United States and then eventually, you know, ends up dying and then NASA brings, or sorry, the United States brings the paperclip scientists over, including Von Braun, and then they absorb JPL, which was the, you know, the lab that he, that Jack Parsons had created. So it's just like, holy crap, man, is it crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Tons of occult connections with that, and the Babylon working ritual. Um, yeah, just didn't he do that in like '46? And then Hillary Clinton was born in '47, and we talked about this last week where he was supposedly. You had done a little bit more research on it, right? Where he was visited in a Parsons was visited in a dream by an entity that called itself Hilarion, mm-hmm. and talked about being this world leader of a feminist movement and then literally this was like right after he did the working ritual the babylon working ritual and then she was born nine months later that's our opinion man Mm. (laughs) i've even heard of stuff with aquino i think too with like him being involved with stuff that seems like uh it might have been along those lines as well the queen Aquino, Michael Aquino. Oh, Aquino. Oh. Like, yeah, with him doing like certain workings or doing certain stuff and then popping up. Did you guys ever yeah. do a breakdown on him? Not us, but we've had one. Oh. Or, yeah. yeah, kind of. Right? I, did we, uh, I'm kind of, I think we've had Odd Man for a little bit, most of the Aquino oh, that's that right. actually. actually yeah. yeah, he's pretty good, dude. I like that guy. Yeah, we did cover him. Uh, didn't he come up though in something that we covered on ourselves though, Lux? 
Yeah, he's come up a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's wild, dude. We talked about him in some of our MK Ultra oh, stuff. Franklin Scandal. He's in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. I yeah. feel like he is. Yeah, no, he was, he was, uh, there was uh, allegations that he was uh, diddling kids in San Francisco. Yeah. That oh, yeah, like tons of stuff opinion, about man. that where yeah. he was doing it on base and, yep. and there were some allegations behind behind him. Uh, it was like a couple kids came forward yep. and then nothing came of it. And then he pops up again in the Franklin scandal because uh, uh, Paul Bonacci claims that he saw Aquino while he was getting MK at Ultra. So, yeah, he's definitely, uh, of course, well, he, he formed the doctrine for propaganda and uh, psychological operations. He created the mm -hmm. book. Yeah, the, the handbook for psyops. So, yeah, it feels like uh, everything almost now. Like when you start learning about that, it almost feels like everything is a psyop. You know, it's like, yeah, the NASA yeah. program to me just seemed like the more we looked into it, the more it was like a propaganda program. You know, it was just like we had all this technology to get to the moon. We got people on the moon and then we lost the technology and now we're going backwards where we're trying to send Artemis one unmanned to, <laughs> to go around the moon and come back. I'm like, didn't we do that with Apollo eight? Like what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that was probably like 33 years ago. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> 33 years and 93 days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 77 hours <laughs> and why cracks me up too man because we've been we've been researching all this stuff for so long it's like any time that we talk about something and why immediate is like psyop bro it's, like, <laughs> it's all a psyop i'm with you dude i'm with you man yeah, the thing is is to say or the way most people are taking it i think is the wrong way so that's the whole problem it's like the way like that it's presenting it i think it's just a fool you but there is like some like truth and stuff into it yeah, it's hard to explain. Definitely. And sometimes I think that's like, again, like what I said before, that's what the magic is, is just getting people to be confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't well, know about we, you fellas, but yeah. I'm going to have to probably roll yeah. off here. Yeah, we know just, you guys uh, are in a different time zone, but we appreciate you guys uh, yeah, sure. coming on, having us on, doing the crosscast thing. It's been a really cool conversation. Yeah. It's been oh, for sure, awesome. yeah, man. I had a good time, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to uh, link up again sometime, and then yeah, maybe you guys could do a a full blown episode on some of the stuff that we talked about. It would be kind of sure. it'd That's be good fun. to hear your guys' take on stuff. Mm -hmm. problem. You guys are you ever at Idaho Way. Let's party. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, we got the meat sticks, son. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> no, no, real meat sticks, like legitimate, like no man's I land, old trapper. <laughs> no, no boner jokes. Oh, fuck. I, was um, I don't know if uh, if you did at the beginning, but at least uh, do it now, please. Um, let everybody know, like you know, the links to your stuff as well. Yeah, so they can check us out on, on uh, we, we're a audio only podcast on any of the majors. It's the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program, CoIndoc Pro. Um, we stole that from FBI and uh, the CoIntel Pro program. We thought it'd be kind of a cool little ripoff there. But yeah, so we're on any of the majors. It's just under uh, CoIndoc Pro, which is C O I N D O C P R O, CoIndoc Pro.
but yeah, we appreciate you having us on, man. No oh, social yeah. media. No, no social websites. media. No websites. We're old oh, school. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Losers. So. <laughs> 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 Keep doing what you guys are doing, man. You really, you're doing great content for real. It's it's good shit, and uh, I hope that everybody who listens to this, even if you've never heard of the uh, the, the podcast before, go check it out. <laughs> I mean, you guys are killing it over there for, especially doing it for such a short amount of time. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Thanks, you, brother. Thank you, guys. Very yeah, cool, you. very cool yeah. conversation. Appreciate sure. it, guys. We'll talk thank to you, you soon, man. man. For sure. Yeah, your link uh, will be in the bottom. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, or you know, everybody wants to check it out. Uh, our link tree will be in the bottom, and our Element server is in there as well. Go check that out. And yeah, all the notes for everybody's show is in the bottom. So uh, check it out. Until the next one, everybody be well. Cool. Cheers. Later. 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 Well, that was pretty cool, man, talking to some of the the guys that influenced, I feel like it influenced us to do podcast. Yeah. Um, cool conversation, cool dudes. Very cool dudes. Um, didn't know that they were really into typo negative, man. Peter Steele, dude, yeah. he came up a lot in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, have heart came up. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, have heart. That's a good album. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, songs to scream at the sun. Songs, yep. Um, but yeah, so we appreciate them coming on our cast, having us on their cast. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to cross cast in the future. Um, we talked after the show a little bit about maybe, maybe being able to do something in the future, which would be an honor and a privilege. Um, mm-hmm. But with that said, make sure that you go out, like, share, subscribe, check out the Occult Rejects. Their stuff is really good. They've got a lot of episodes on all the majors. Um, you can find them uh, pretty much anywhere. Just Google Occult Rejects. You know, come on, man. Yeah. And be they real. do, they cover Everything. Everything. Like, everything they did a they did a whole breakdown on the quetzalcoatl and the they did some stuff on um the, the shriners the shriners and the moose, lodge. moose yeah everything it was pretty impressive so yeah um really dig their stuff and then all also like luke mentioned in the intro portion they have their own shows lux rising and um ny patriot show and then uh spiritual gangsters i've only listen to one of those. It seems like a little Amateur. different type of thing, but um, they have so Amateur. much shit coming out all the time. It's yeah. hard to keep up with, you know, their independent shows. And I don't stuff, even know so. how they had enough that had time in the day to fit us in. They're on the East Coast. We're on the West Coast times or Mountain Time Zone, and you know they stayed up late to be able to started late to be able to fit us into their schedule, which. We really, really appreciate. Um, yeah, very much. And we just yeah. want to say again, please go out there and listen to their stuff. Like, share, subscribe, grow their stuff. They've got social media. You know, help to, help to get them more more views and stuff because I I believe that they're probably uh, on the monetized side. So we want to help those guys out because that's kind of their full time jobs. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, and we're not so you know hate on a stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Haters. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thought that was a pretty cool episode. Went a little long, but hey, when you got when you got real casters on, you gotta gotta take advantage of that shit. That's right. Yeah, if yeah. we if they would have been here, we would have given them beef sticks. Yes, yeah. and that was one thing that we did 
find out about those dudes is they are into the beef sticks. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to sort out drinks and beverages, but... I got a beverage here. But, but beef stick and jerky. Next time. Next, Next time, time we'll talk about beverages. Yep. yep. You guys got anything else? That was a good one. It's awesome. I'm glad it finally... That was a damn good episode. Yeah, I'm glad it finally worked out. Finally Stars happened. Stars aligned. What, yep. what was the date? What was the time that it happened? I don't know. It's today. Today's 21st. the... 1st. 921. Oh, damn. What time did we start? Well, we started at 6 o'clock our time. 9 o'clock their time. 69, 69. bitch. <laughs> oh, no, 8 o'clock their time. Now <laughs> 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 in the workplace, damn it. God damn it. But, Every yeah. Time. Thanks to all the listeners out there. We appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there. Thanks to Clayton in Texas helping make this happen. And then also my buddy Sam, uh, who threw out the shout-out to us on the Super Chat on TimCast, because that's how Clayton got us, and then Clayton got us to the cult reject. So ipso facto, we appreciate y'all. Later. Cheers. (laughs) 